talk about MCLs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> wow. Serious <laughs> note. I can uh I can wait for fantasy football. I'm sure I can. I can do it. We can do it. Welcome back. We were gamers. Episode one twenty six. Gotta ramp my energy a little bit. I'm kind of worn out from leveling up over the weekend. Uh-oh. I just did way too much moving of people uh, to different homes mm. and then decided after two days of that, that today was a great day to construct a bed, a whole new bed. Ooh, that's a, uh, it's a lot of manual labor there. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember those times I was tired. I'm like, bring it up for the podcast, man. Do it. That was a. Woo. That was supposed to be the old Shia LaBeouf do it. <laughs> Is that Shia still a meme? That's not a meme anymore, right? I mean, he's dead. I, I think he's sort I'm, of faded from. Yeah, it's definitely still a meme, but it's not like it's not fresh. You know, that's a stale <laughs> meme. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Maybe it's not stale. It's. It could be one of those ones that you has a shelf life, and just you forgot it in the back, like some Bisquick or something. Hmm. Or Shia LaBeouf's career. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf's career and Bisquick have a lot in common. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Flatten it out and fry it up for a pancake and eat it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. How's everybody's weekend? Relaxing. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Fantastic. So, I'm the only one that needs a new game plus here. Uh, maybe. I mean, started over from the beginning. It is We yeah. Were Gamers episode 126. Uh, but I want to hear about your New Game Plus idea. What is that? Should New Game Plus even be a thing? I know that this is kind of we were talking before the podcast about New Game Plus, and as many times before the pod. Wait, wait, wait! Stop! Stop! We gotta we gotta record first. <laughs> <laughs> Happens. Yeah. Uh, so you're coming in, dear listener, right as we uh, begin a discussion. I'm going to have a hot take. New Game Plus shouldn't exist. I think... I think I agree with you. Yeah, I think. So, okay. I guess there's two things, right? There's... New Game Plus is perfectly fine if people want to go back and play again, keeping all their, like, levels and spells and and items or whatever, and the enemies get harder. I don't like if there's different story stuff in New Game Plus. That's the thing that that makes me angry. Uh, Yeah, I I vehemently dislike that, and that's one of the reasons I don't think New Game Plus should exist. I'm totally fine with, hey, you finished the story, and because you finished the story, everything in the game gets harder, and you can continue to play. So like, like a like a post game, yeah, like a post game or like end game plus or something. You know what I mean? Like everything ramps up because you beat Skyrim's a good example for this. You could have said, "Oh, you finished the main quest. Now everything's leveled up to five times harder instead of the game being over." Because Skyrim wasn't over, right? You could keep playing, but everything was still the same difficulty. I would be cool with that, or like a Breath of the Wild or something, where you could just well, keep you keep your stuff, go have more fun. The but, the Xenoblade games are a little bit like that. I, There's yeah, a lot of okay. super high level content, 
in the game that you don't have to be high enough level to take it on to beat the game. But if you want to, you know, keep playing and grind towards it, uh, you can do that after you uh, you finish the main content. I just feel like it's bad for games in general to then have people rewind and play the same thing again. Even if there's new story content or whatever, it's not uh, healthy. You know, you gotta, like, vary your meals every once in a while. If you eat bananas every day, you're gonna be allergic to bananas. I don't think that's actually true, but... Okay. <laughs> I like the I, I think, though, like the that idea. your doctor would tell you not to eat bananas every day. Sure. Or maybe eat reasonable amounts of bananas. Right. The, uh... I find myself in this situation because I've been playing a lot of Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, this is and, how this started, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw the credits in that game, which, which made me think that it was over. But I was wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> because after that game ends, uh, there's a screen that says, The End, and they put a sweet question mark at the end of it and dump you back into the world with, like, hey, here's some other stuff that happened. And you can, like, go off and do more stuff. Oh, actually, wait, it turns out there's a bunch of more story stuff and like oh yeah all that stuff that they didn't answer they're going to talk about now so like why did they put the credits there so your your playthrough on that game was what 40 hours uh i think it's like 50 something before i saw the first set of credits so in 50 hours they couldn't answer all these questions for you and make a game where you got everything answered and you still had as much fun as before and leveled as high as you did? Oh, they certainly could have, but they chose not to. Uh, see, New Game Plus should just not be a thing. I really enjoyed this game. This game is very delightful, almost completely. Uh, there's some parts of it that I, I don't like that much, mostly the like, ridiculously slow pace of the story. But, you know, the, the turns are predictable but fun. But the thing that is that threw me was that I I beat a guy they had very clearly been building up to as the bad guy. It's not like a spoiler or secret. Like you know exactly who the bad guy is going to be. Not maybe from like the outset, good. but like pretty darn quick, you figure out. Oh, this is the bad guy. Uh, I and, like stories like that. And then you know you beat him at the end. And you're like, yay! I beat the bad guy. And then they're like, hey, they you know after the the end and all the credits, they dump you back onto a screen, and they're like. Hey, go go visit your friends, and then you, you go visit your friends, and and stuff happens, and it's still bad. <laughs> but we beat the bad guy. What happened? And here you go again. Oh boy. So anyway, I just and I, that still didn't deter you, huh? Uh, well, I mean, they didn't answer everything. There's like there were big unanswered questions of like they showed a guy or they showed an event, a thing that happened, and then just like didn't talk about it at all. And you just like, Michael, uh, I feel, I feel like JJ and I landed on the same opinion very quickly, despite his unfortunate turn of events with having to play more dragon age. Are you a new game pluser or not? So I like JJ. I also finished a game. Whoa. Um, which also has a new game plus unlock. Oh no. Um, so I finished playing through time spinner. Oh, cool. Um, cool. Which was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was. It took me, I think, eleven hours probably to get through all of it. Um, so it's not a super long game, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, and they do they do the thing where you you get to the end and you beat the boss, 
and then it dumps you back into it. And there are more, uh, more things for you to explore. There are some more in-game bosses for you to fight. Uh, there's actually a whole nother map for you to discover uh, if you if you make certain choices after you get dumped back into the game. So they do a good job with sort of the in-game content, but then they also, when you beat the, the boss the first time, the credits roll, and then you unlock, you unlock New Game Plus, but it also unlocks two new difficulty modes. So you have Nightmare Mode, where you can keep all your stuff, and like you were saying, the difficulty ramps way up. You start back over at the beginning of the story. And there's also Nightmare Level 1 mode, where the difficulty ramps way up, and I think you are locked to a Level 1 character. Whoa. Is unlocking a higher difficulty for beating a game the same as New Game Plus? So, yes and no. It is New Game Plus in the sense that you can play new ga- the New Game at any of the difficulty levels you choose. So you're not locked into playing it at the super high difficulty. If you want to just run through the game um, after you finished it at the regular difficulty or, you know, on easy just to, to see the story again or make different choices or do side quests that you didn't do the first time, you can just sort of run through it a lot faster. I think that for games like like Time Splitter and you know these other sorts of uh, action games that are typically shorter, I think a, uh, something like a higher difficulty mode, especially if the game is really about a lot of the gameplay and less about the story, may, can be like a new game plus. For example, a game like um, like Bayonetta uh, or Vanquish, uh, which I've played recently, those are great games because when you finish them, the game is not that long. You know, it's like maybe a handful of hours or, you know, eight, 10 hours at the most. And when you get to the end, you've gained, you know, some level of mastery, but then when you step it up to the harder difficulties, all of a sudden now, you know, certain moves become less valuable because you can't spam that one heavy attack move or whatever anymore because the enemies counter you that kind of stuff. And then in those cases, right, the new game plus is very valuable because it teaches you to play a completely different way. Whereas, you know, maybe your traditional RPG having a new game plus is less interesting other than just like, hey, I really like playing this game and I want to do it again at high level. I think that maybe I can limit the scope of my argument then to just maybe RPGs that are 30 plus hours don't need new game plus. And so as an interesting tag on to that idea is what Square Enix has done in the PC ports of the Final Fantasy games. They have added in the different toggles that you can turn on and off. So you can be playing through a regular game, you know, fire it up for the first time, and decide you want to turn on, you want to toggle on level 99 mode, or you want to toggle on invincibility, or you want to toggle on no encounters. And so you can you can sort of, depending on what you want to get out of your playthrough, you can replicate the experience of a new game plus without actually having to go through the game and then go through the game again. Oh. Yeah. That's maybe the way to do it. Yeah. Which I find, you know, I find fascinating because there was a time when I was, I thought, well, you know, it's been forever since I played Final Fantasy IX. I don't know if I want to take the time to really 
play through it again. But if I toggle on some of these options, I can just sort of quickly play through the game and get all the story. Yeah, I just think a replay, a replay of a game of like going back and playing an old game a year later, two years later, three years later, is completely different than Dragon Quest telling JJ immediately after that he has to play another 50 hours to find out the things that we didn't tell you. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. And in fact, like the stuff that Square Enix has done in those Final Fantasy ports is really great because the, you know, like those games don't have difficulty settings by their nature, right? Yeah, so, they are as hard as they are. That's just brilliant marketing, though, because they know who their game is for, right? People of the Fortnite generation are not running out to go buy Final Fantasy VII. I mean, maybe they are. We don't know. But I, I think the the better point is that people who want to be like a content tourist, right? You want to come in. You want to see the stuff. Why was this game so popular? Why did everyone love it? Or people who did love it in, back when it came out want to see it again. They want to get to their favorite part or whatever. And, you know, being able to toggle on the, like, nearly invincible party or the auto level 99 or just kill all enemies or whatever stuff is is good in those cases. Smart marketing. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the player, the player wasn't there for that battle challenge anyway. So, like, letting him skip it doesn't hurt. Right. Versus, like, Dragon Quest, where I guess, in theory, someone is there for all, playing a million random battles and leveling up and... <laughs> stuff yeah i guess it's a new game right yeah i I will say that uh the battle system has gotten pretty fun uh now that i've gotten into the i guess what is called the post game but honestly why it should just be called the regular game because they they're still answering story questions so (laughs) um and like there are you know i'm like learning strategies that i that weren't available to me because my characters hadn't been you know fully unlocked and i have so many more skill points to deal with and stuff. I can do new stuff that wasn't available to me. Um, like <laughs> there's, uh, ways of like cheesing the leveling up system. Eh, cheesing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheesing it, but like <laughs> the game allows it. So it's fine. Right. Isn't that the rule? If it's like legal in the game, it's, it's fine. Oh yeah. It's the difference between a, an exploit and a glitch. It's yeah. This is not, this is not either an exploit or a glitch. This is completely within the bounds of the system. It just requires you to be very patient for a while and then get a giant jackpot at the end. I've got something like <laughs> 400,000 experience at the end of one battle uh, in a yep. game where, like, you know, 2,000 is pretty good. There's a there's an exploit like that in Final Fantasy XII. Seems fair to me. Yeah, do it. Uh, all right, let's... Let's do some quick... I liked News Time last time. Did you guys like News Time last time? I liked the yeah, news. I think we had a good time with it. Yeah. Let's do some quick hits today of some news that I found. Um, and just get... Let's, let's do some quick impressions, I think. Uh, there's been a lot of shakeup, I think, with Obsidian maybe being bought by Microsoft. I think that's pretty much a closed deal. Um... Which I think everybody here thought was a good thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Assuming it goes through, um, I want Obsidian to keep making games. And if Microsoft is willing to pay them to do that, let's go. People that will not continue making games would be Telltale Games. Yeah, that was kind of a sad piece of news to hear. 
gosh, yeah. And it's, you feel bad with the way it happened. They just like, uh, hey guys, Monday morning, uh, uh we're laying off the entire company. Um, bye. Like that's a pretty garbage way to hand to treat your employees. Yeah, although they're gonna finish the Walking Dead game they were working on, I believe I saw. Skybound, it sounds like, rebought the rights and they're having their in-house game studio finish it. Okay, so it's going to be finished but not by... Okay, right. There was some kind of half-hearted tweet or something from Skybound uh, people that like, we would love to hire the people who worked on this thing. But that, of course, came like two weeks after those people have been out of a job and one would assume they had been looking for work during those two weeks. So who knows if that's even possible. I just don't understand how you have a company and then, oh, we're out of money. I guess we'll just close down tomorrow. Yeah, that seems pretty badly mismanaged. I mean, I can understand, you know, if your company was on a financial, I mean, look, business people's job is to know cash going in, going out, that kind of stuff. There's like literal things that people do that track this stuff. So they couldn't have been surprised that the money was running low, right? Or they shouldn't have been anyway. Yeah, there it is. And if the, <laughs> and if they were that close to the edge, you're probably should be telling your employees, "Hey, things are going to be a bit tight. It's okay. You know, when this funding round comes through or whatever, we'll be okay." And then the funding round falls through, and then now you're like, "Oh, this is bad. We have to lay people off." Yeah, no severance, nothing. Wow. But at least they, you have the warning of, hey, if this funding round falls through, it's going to be bad. Instead, it's just like you come in Monday morning and you're like, everyone's gone. Bye. Yeah. I do wish all the developers their luck. I don't wish for the people running that business to have any luck running another one. Yeah. It seems crazy. Yeah. They They took a company making good games and couldn't make a profit. I don't understand. And it sounds like that game, uh, that company really only had one really big hit, and that was that first Walking Dead game. Oh, and even the, the Batman game wasn't that popular, huh? I I don't know, um, but I mean, they must have sold some number of copies. Um, yeah, but I it sounds like the big breakout hit was kind of what they had been banking on, and that just didn't happen again. Gotcha. Which I don't know whose fault that is. Well, Disney slash LucasArts also decided to send a cease and desist to another company. Uh, The people making the Unreal 4 remake of Kodor got a shutdown notice. I think they were calling it Kodor Aperion. I can't say that word. Aperion? Aperion? All the more reason for people, if they want to make a fan game, to never, ever announce it to simply just work on it and then release it and yeah. then disappear back into the dark. Yep. I don't know. Was he getting funding for making that game? Uh, that was the first I had heard of it, but I I don't know. I see. Okay. Odd that they would just straight up shut it down rather than, uh, hey, buddy, come on over here. Let's talk about remaking this game. No, I feel like them shutting it down is usually the normal move for 90% <laughs> of those fan games. Um, but I would love to be wrong. Fair enough. All right. So two games, well, two studios ish shut down and a studio maybe that should be shut down, but apparently is still making the game star citizen. 
Oh my. Have you heard about this, Michael? Star Citizen? No, this one I haven't heard about. Squadron 42 people? No, I have not I have not heard about this one. Cloud Imperium this, Games or something? Yeah, Twilight Imperium Games, Robert Space Industry. I would call this the epitome of a pyramid scheme, maybe? Uh, it is the most funded Kickstarter-like game. That's ever. what I would say. Ever. Millions of dollars. Okay. And it, continuing. Like, uh, not even a small of, millions, like many no, millions. Many, many millions. Uh, the people that made... Uh, what were those games? Wing, the Wing Commander games? Am I wrong? Okay. Yeah, I think he was the... Roberts Yeah, was one of the like leads of those games back in the day, or something like that. I think this was funded in 2012 or 13, maybe. It's been a very long time. And they, they promised the moon to people on a static multiplayer universe game. And also a side game of called Squadron 42, which was like basically Wing Commander, but not because he doesn't have the license. Sure. Um, and, you know, oh, we're going to have a lot of people. Uh, Mark Hamill and all these other people come back and reprise roles, plus new people like Gillian Anderson. <laughs> and to fund that, they have continued to sell starships to people, like just straight up, hey, buy this starship and then we'll also sell you insurance for it. And like, so that if it blows up in the persistent universe, you can have it remade for free. And then, like, free. they've done the most awful thing, where like they only sell X number of certain ty- cl- types of ships, mm-hmm. and then allow people to resell those to other people after they run out. It's like, oh, I bought one of only 200 of this ship that is going to exist in the game. If you want it, you can buy it from me for, you know, ha- one and a half times what I paid for it. So it's it's digital Comic-Con. Got it. So they've now released probably 150 of those ships for a game that has a barely workable alpha uh, that you can, in the alpha go to a hangar bay and walk around these ship models. Yeah. And they decided this week to release a huge CGI trailer for Squadron 42. Very uh, motion, face tracking, all sorts of stuff with all the actors that they had talked about. Mark Hamill, Jillian Anderson, a ton, ton of actors. I think Gary Oldman's in there. A bunch of them. Uh... No game footage. Yeah. Like a like a four minute movie trailer essentially. <laughs> Wonderful to watch. Doesn't prove to me that there's any game coming. Thoughts, I mean, JJ? <laughs> I mean, those Wing Commander games had a lot of FMV, so It's true. I, I guess showing movies is not that bad. It's kind of what you're looking for in a Wing Commander. Yeah. But mm. So not that not that it's the same level of company, right? It's a little apples and oranges. But didn't didn't Blizzard do similar marketing for the some of the StarCraft games? For for their games in general where they would just put out Well, they put out the without without cinematic, game I guess. Yeah, the cinematic stuff. True. Uh I would say though that then Blizzard has then shown 
footage of the game or done esports matches or very recently other stuff that you would be able to actually see the game game part of it you know you'd have to go seek it out on youtube or whatever whereas the like the trailer gets wide release right okay very recently too the trailers are often followed very quickly by demos or releases you know like they make a tv commercial out of the trailer and then on their youtube channel which is listed at the bottom of the trailer they have like a video of the actual game that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess since Wing, Wing Commander is such an old game, we can talk about old games for a second. Do you guys like Command and Conquer? I played some Red Alert back in the day. You know, I like Red Alert a lot. I also liked Command and Conquer Generals. So I played a lot of that in college. That's a good game. Do you want EA to make you a 20th anniversary commemorative edition of Command and Conquer? I mean, it's coming, if, whether you want it or not. Oh, is it is okay. it going to be exclusive to the origin <laughs> to the origin platform? Because I'm sure it da- will. Thumbs <laughs> down. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But like, I don't know if it's like ten bucks or something. I would consider getting like all the Red Alert games or something. Yeah, or like twenty bucks for every Command and Conquer game. I would do that. I mean, you I believe also- you can do that actually through the Origin service here. I'm I'm gonna. Launch Origin. Oh God! Ooh. What did I do? It's, it's gonna, gonna crash my whole computer, man. It's gonna oh, take you about haven't opened it recently, twenty minutes to a, update. They did a huge overhaul of the sign in with your EA account. It's gonna it's gonna sit there and log you in for about an hour because then let's it has see. to download. Let's see if I can even remember my password. Yeah, that's true. I haven't launched Origin in a very long time. For a while, I might not, I might not even have it on this machine. I don't think I I even pulled it. My credentials have expired. No doubt. Yep. Uh, uh, there is a version of, of what you're asking for, JJ, already, called like the the Command & Conquer Classics Collection, and it has all the red alerts and generals and oh. basically all the cool ones with FMVs. And right, like, yeah, pre, okay. Pre-EA owning them, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, can't you just like walk into a Staples to that one shelf they have of <laughs> computer games and grab the CD off the shelf for five bucks? Man. Will the CD run? Uh, I bet the CDs still run or, or will show up, but I bet they won't like autoplay or whatever under you Windows can, 10. Yeah, least, you can run them in compatibility mode, though. Yep. That was going to say, gonna if, try if you and- boot compatibility mode in Windows 10, it should work. I admit something terrible to you. I tried to play a game called Virtual Springfield that I found a CD of in the back of my closet. Like Simpsons? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's. I don't think it was probably a very good game, but I was like, there's no way this is going to work, and sure enough, I could not get it to boot. I, I could get it to think about installing the game, and then the installer would fail. In a lot of cases, games that are really old... Uh, stuff that was like Windows 95 era stuff. Oh yeah, uh-huh. cannot handle the fact that you're probably running a 64-bit OS because it expects uh-huh. 32-bit numbers, and then like it tries to do some math, and it ret- the the OS returns a 64-bit number, and then it goes, nope, don't know how what to do with this, and then it just crashes. <laughs> uh, I know this for instance because at one point I feel like I talked about it on this podcast one time. I wanted to go play SimCity 2000. Um, wh- objectively one of the greatest SimCities, maybe the greatest. 
Is that the one where very few bad things happen to you, but you could type in codes to get like Godzilla to show up and stuff? I think that's original SimCity. Ooh. SimCity 2000 has like a drop down menu for disasters, and you can make like volcanoes show up, and oh. you, you can do a lot of bad stuff um, in that game. It was fun. SimCity all the way up until. Oh, God, EA bought them. <laughs> yep. I was just going to say, the most recent SimCity <laughs> is actually supposedly quite bad because of the some of the dumb stuff they did. But uh, SimCity 2000, which is a Windows 95, there's a Windows 95 version of that game. Uh, you, can pl- you can still play that if you find some gorgeous soul on the internet <laughs> hacked the, like, DLL file or whatever to run on modern OSs, and as long as you grab that and overwrite the one in the folder, it works. You just basically have to, like, dump the CD to your hard drive and then run it. Overwrite the DLL once the CD's on your hard drive. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And and it works, uh, which I thought was amazing. Uh, The colors are kind of weird because the your monitor displays a billion colors when it expects it to have <laughs> like to CRT. 12 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that game still works uh, and is good. That game is good. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's hard if you play it for real, like you follow the scenarios or whatever, and you try to actually make money. That part is hard. Uh, if you just go into the tool and like build whatever you want, it's fun. <laughs> isn't, isn't that game on? No, it's not it's been a long be time Gog because EA owns it. Right. Yeah, I don't know where the rights to that thing are. There may not even be a, like, up-to-date releasable version of that game because it's so old. I like that a lot of companies have just said, oh, well, if we just, like, hand it off to these people, maybe they'll make it work again and can sell it. Yeah, I want to say, like, SimCity 3000 and SimCity 4 have versions you can buy, but not 2000. 3000 is good, too, but 2000 was the one I played a lot as a kid. Hmm. Do you guys like city builders? Oh yeah, I liked. Was it Sim Tower? That it, there Tower is a game existed. That was good, right? I don't. I don't know if I played Sim Tower much. You had to build like a bunch of buildings, and then if you built buildings, well, apartments or whatever inside of a tower, and you built the right ones next to each other, they all kind of. I don't know. Sounds right. Yeah. Michael, were you ever much of a city builder? I never got into them. Um, I have a good friend from home who was into city builders, and so we'd hang out on, uh, you know, separate computers playing okay. our respective games. I had to... Oh, we got to talk about that in a second, but I had to do the research uh, here, and SimCity 2000 is on GOG. Okay. So nice. no more hacking of DLL files. Yeah. You can go spend five ninety nine, not even on sale. Well, that's a good price. Uh, I will say, though, that the only purpose of hacking the DLL is because I literally still have that CD, <laughs> and I don't want to buy it again. <laughs> but for, for everyone else, uh, that's a pretty good game. I'm going to install this game right now. It's in my library. You already own SimCity 2000 somehow? I... <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing asking that question like that? Apparently, uh, there's a lot of stuff at home. Oh my God, we need to do a day on this podcast where we just flip through some of my online accounts. 
because the oh yeah i have that game roller coaster tycoons on here uh, that's a pretty good game too that's a fun one i like that game i think that game is also really hard to like play for real but mm-hmm. i always just designed one ridiculous roller coaster that murdered everyone and had a good time <laughs> it's very easy to do that in that game because you just like don't finish the track and then let people get on it <laughs> <laughs> this didn't happen all the time with um consoles being a larger part of my life with the PlayStation and the N64. Most of the time we were playing games together, but there were multiple times that I dragged a PC to somebody else's house. And then we played Starcraft on ladder, not against each other, but on ladder next to each other. (laughs) Uh, Was that a common occurrence for others? It sounds like maybe Michael. Yeah, every once in a while, usually usually the dragging of of a system would involve dragging a console more than a, a computer or landing so you could do Warcraft 3. I was yep. going to say we did a lot of that in high school and college is yeah. my recollection. Uh yeah, but like landing in college especially we would set up lands like on the reg almost every weekend it was like, "Hey, we're going to play CS. Everyone come in here." Or yeah, there were there was Warcraft that that whatever. was always going on in uh, in the dorms. Did you guys ever play I, I, many games that were like uh, turn based ones, like Hot Seat, like Heroes of Might and Magic, and that kind of stuff? Back in the day, no, not really. Turn based what? Uh, like Hot Seat. So like one computer, but you swap people. Like you, your turns go back and forth. Like you don't know Jack and stuff like that. Um, can you play You Don't Know Jack that way? Doesn't everyone have to be able to ring in at the same time? Mm. I'm trying to remember. I, I couldn't remember. So obviously that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember if I had, and I, I, I guess and I haven't. What would be a, a hot seat game that you would... So uh, the one for me was a lot of Heroes of Might and Magic 2 specifically. Um, because it's a turn-based game... You can play against the AI. You can ally, so it would be like, you know, my two, me and my other friend or whatever. We'd set up a game, have our two kingdoms allied against the six opponents or whatever, and then run around and go crush the AI. Um, I feel like I did that decent amount growing up. That game specifically, actually. I think you just won the Ultra Nerd crown. <laughs> I like that game. Here's my Magic 2 rules. I would play that game right now. I know there's an HD version on Steam. Don't play it. It's the wrong one. You don't want that. It's bad. Go play the God version. Okay, so why is it the wrong one? The HD version, uh, they took the graphics and did that thing that they do sometimes when you're up-resing HD stuff and you make it look bad. Uh Uh-oh. They did that, um, which sucks. And then they also didn't include all of the, like, fan-made stuff that has improved and made that game better over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the HD version is incompatible with it because of the way they did it. So you can't apply that stuff after the fact to make this game good like the other ones are. And no one's out Oops. there modding Oops. the updated version of Heroes and Might and Magic, I'm guessing. Why would you? You can play the old one. Like, there's a widescreen mod that just, like, <laughs> lets it fit. The, the map is so big, your character is so tiny in 1080p, but, you know, you can do it. Um, I have to admit something here. I made a mistake and double-clicked this SimCity icon that popped up after I installed that game. Mm-hmm. And my monitor has now gone into, like, 
640. Oh, yeah. Here, and I can't seem to get out of the game. <laughs> well, you can Alt F4 and hope that you don't hit anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You could try Alt tapping around and see if you can Music's find the right one. dope. Dude, SimCity 2000 <laughs> has a good menu screen. <laughs> it's not like Pac-Man Championship Edition level, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, this is not Heroes of Might and Magic news. Uh, maybe it's related? No, it's not related. We'll keep, let's just switch over to the Switch. Switching to the Switch. Okay. I think on this podcast we said something important for people at Blizzard to hear, and they heard it. I guarantee you it's our it's thanks to us. Oh, yeah? There's, there's new Switch news from Blizzard? Mm-hmm. Blizzard was doing an interview. The the producer on D three was doing an interview, and they asked him. So this is kind of silly. Why is there no crossplay? And he said, "It's not a matter of if, but when." That's... And on this podcast, we said, "There's no way we're buying that game unless there's crossplay." I mean, yep. yeah, they should they should have crossplay. It's very silly if they don't. Again, reiterating the point. None of us were going to buy it. Now I'm on the fence. If I owned a Switch, I, I would be on the fence. <laughs> Heard it here first. Uh, speaking of crossplay, I don't know if you were about to go there, but uh, the dam finally seems to be breaking on the uh, preventing people from playing with people on other platforms. It, it would appear the Great Wall of Sony has crumbled. Just a little bit, anyway. Uh, they are, they're allowing people in Fortnite to play against other people, uh, including Xbox players and PC players, which uh, that game clearly was very able to do just fine. Um, and now they can, uh, which is good, so that if you want to play on your Switch, you can, you can actually play Fortnite on your Switch, having played it on the PS4 at any point ever. Instead of which, if you had done that, it would lock your account to the PS4 and you would never be able to use that account anywhere else, uh, which is lame. So they finally allowed them to do that. It sounds like uh, Rocket League is maybe going to get that capability sooner than later, too. Uh, and then, you know, more games to be announced. Hopefully, it just becomes something that people can just do. Yeah. Uh, particularly in some of these games, it'll be tough if you want to play against PC players um, in a competitive sense it might put you at a disadvantage but it would be great to be able to play like a Diablo or something else from my PC with somebody else on a console but uh, yeah, it, and- I really feel bad for the poor engineers that are going to have to merge these accounts I mean they have a business case to do it so I mean yes it might suck but also deal i guess <laughs> i guess but it's I, like sony has put them through the ringer on both ends now you know like coming up with a system that they could let people play separately in different places maybe have the same login but also now they're gonna have to merge i just feel i mean it's not people. they're not merging anything from their sony account right it's like your epic account you wouldn't be able to move around and right, now right. you That's can do I mean. that so it's epic's problem right they're the one running the game 
So similarly with Rocket League, and I assume similarly with other games that will allow it. Because you've been able to play PC versus PS4 for a while. It was just, if you could play PC versus Xbox, you could never see Xbox people and PS4 people together in the same game. And now you finally can do that. Um, because they're just people, man. <laughs> it's not like... It's not it's like all it's a servers, secret. dude. Yeah, exactly. Who cares what the server or what you're connecting to the server with? Yeah. Ideally, but ideally. Anyway, here we are. Finally, you <laughs> two games out of however many millions have been released. Yeah. Two. <laughs> One small step. Exactly. I think to round out the um gaming part of the podcast before we Head into Randacy football for the week. We could bridge the divide a little bit and tell people why we love football a little bit by uh, making them understand a game called Scorigami. What the heck is this? Okay. Uh, Scorigami is uh, a term. It came up from this writer. Uh, his name is John uh, B O I S. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's either boys or boys. I'm. I don't know. Bois. Maybe it's Bois. Could be. I have no idea. I mean, in uh, French it would be Bois. He is a very funny sports writer. Um, I don't know if he still works at SB Nation or not. Uh, anyway, he used to work there, uh, and he would write these sport columns. If you guys have ever seen uh, or heard of Breaking Madden before? No. Uh, it was a series of YouTube videos where he would literally go in and glitch out Madden every year. <laughs> uh <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> and do like ridiculous things in it. Um, uh, and that was a great series. Uh, he did this, uh, called Scorigami. Uh, the link is in, uh, our chat here. Uh, maybe we'll, Andrew can post it somewhere on our social media afterwards. The NFL is a weird game, you guys. And football is weird because the score doesn't go by ones, right? It can be, it's odds mostly, but you can also score evens. You can get a two. You can get a three. You can get a seven. You, you can, can get a six. Also miss a one. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get a seven. You can get an eight. Yep. Or a two. Or a three. Well, let's break it down. And you, so actually, it turns out that you know because of the way those numbers line up, it's possible to get unique. It's certain score combinations, right? Like winning scores, final scores of the game are very, very difficult to come up with. And he went down and created this chart. This is like in 2016 and people have uh, kept it up. I think it's NFL com, which is S C O R I G A M I like origami, but with score. Uh, and it lists every NFL game and like the final scores as like a, a box chart or whatever. And there's a green box that's filled in for a score that has happened and white boxes for ones that haven't. And in some cases, for instance, as we're recording this, the Sunday night football game that happened this past week, uh, ended with a score of 43 to 40. That's the first time in NFL history that score has ever happened. How do you find that? Uh, he statistics, I assume. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he went back through the archives. Uh, I don't, he thanks the people who provided his statistics in the, the YouTube video, which, uh, I don't remember who it is, but using statistics, you know, going back to like the twenties and stuff, uh, you know, just looking at final scores. Um, you know, for instance, there were like 70 zero zero ties. 
and you know the rules are crazy in the old days so like there's stuff where like a team won 73 to 0 uh or yeah like i said there was zero zero ties all the time but there had never been until october in 2018 a final score of 43 to 40 and that's crazy yeah this is a math lover's dream here it's very i find it very interesting uh and the guy in the video uh is very funny and he goes through all these ways and it turns out andrew uh it is possible to have a score in an nfl game of six to one say what so i how do you possibly score six? i'm looking at this chart right here and i do not see anybody having scored six to one right that's never happened but it's possible uh, all the charts that are all the boxes that are blacked out are impossible, right? Because the scores right, are always okay. listed by winning team first, so there's never going to be a a bigger number on the second score. Okay. Uh, but it is possible to get a score of six to one if somehow a team scores a touchdown. Uh, he goes through the like whole rules about it in the uh, the video, but it's like you score a touchdown, you go for two. And then somehow they recover the extra point in the opposite end zone. That's worth one point. That rule makes no sense. I think that's how that works. So you need to like go for two, get an interception. They run it all the way down there. They fumble it into the end zone and then you <laughs> recover it or they recover it. Anyway, somehow that's worth one point. I would like to note that staring at this chart, I have noticed that a game has not ended in a safety safety tie. Right? <laughs> but it has ended in a three to safety tie. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. There's like a lot of weird stuff in there. You're like, well, because if you think about all the weird pieces and like how they line up, it's like, it's very improbable to get certain kinds of scores, right? And so, like, you know, like, it's cert it's technically possible to get a 4-4 tie in the NFL. That is never, ever, ever going to happen, probably, right? Like, the, the odds are so astronomical that both teams would get two safeties, and then that would be the final score of the game. I don't know, but he's going to have bingo on this uh, zero line pretty soon. <laughs> so, JJ, just to, to fill you in, so we were, you know, we were talking about this earlier. A one-point safety has happened in college. Yes. Uh, he goes into that in the NFL or in the video. There's there's video footage of a referee saying, we have an unusual ruling <laughs> and talking about it. Uh, I don't know. I, again, it's complicated to explain, but somehow it involves going back the other direction and kicks or something. I don't. It's very extremely improbable. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Cool. Well, if people have uh, other scoragami versions of stuff like uh, basketball, baseball, or other weird math things, they should send them to us. Uh, I agree. And the place to do that is podcast at webergamers.com, which we will is a real email address and we read it all the time. Uh, so please send us cool stuff that you find there you can follow us uh, on 
Twitter and Instagram at We Were Gamers, and on Facebook at We Were Gamers as well. And uh, post all that good stuff on there so that we can see it because we, at least I, think this stuff is cool. (laughs) (laughs) If you disagree, then post it and then I can look at it and they can ignore it. (laughs) Nice. I feel... I feel like Icarus. In that you flew too close to the sun? I had a strategy for kickers that I I have put out there in the world before. One should look for kickers on teams that are bad enough not to get into the end zone, but also good enough to get to the red zone and then stall out. It turns out teams that are bad enough not to get in the end zone, but get into the you know, kicking range, sometimes they just... Let Get up more. Shut out. Let up literally more sacks than completions. Oh. The Titans oh, lost twenty-one to zero. Marcus Mariota was sacked eleven times and completed ten passes. And my kicker goose egged after hitting minimum of eight points every week. And I lost a game where five of my players combined for ten points, and I still only lost by five. If I'd had any other kicker in the league. So I have to take that as a good thing in fantasy football minute here and say <laughs> the floor for my team is 87 points. And it's the floor only because my kicker goose egged, not because Christian McCaffrey had a bad game. Cooper Cup got injured and Kiki Cootie only caught 33 yards worth of passes all at the same time. God, that felt good to get out. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, that's a lot. My team went through a lot this week, and the floor was 87. I have to feel good. I have to tell myself to feel good. But I'm backing away from my long-term advice of trying to find kickers on mediocre teams because they kick a lot of points. Just play it safe. If they get three points, that's fine. Go to kickers on good teams. uh, The... Cooper Cup saga is unfortunate this week as well because it seems like he may miss some subsequent weeks now. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, let's talk about MCLs for a minute. Yeah. Hmm. I have had four players this year go down to MCL injuries. Uh, it, they, it seems like maybe all this new tackling of people at the knees is not a good thing. They uh, they said it was a sprain, not a tear or something like that, so that's good. But, yeah, I'll probably miss a couple weeks on that, which yeah. is a bummer. I was anchoring my receiving core. Same, honestly. <laughs> he was I doing traded away, uh, so Odell much Beckham, better than Antonio you know? Brown. Yeah. I might have to trade. Eep. How, How did, did everybody you? else's week go? Uh, I lost because uh, George Kittle was not utilized, and Green Bay gave up a ludicrous amount of points to San Francisco. Uh, which is sad. Yeah, and I lost because Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. And I had also, uh, after a goose egg from Mason Crosby last week, I dropped him and picked up the Tennessee kicker. Hey, friend. Yeah, so I was I was in that boat right with you, Andy. We, 
went down with the ship. That we was, did not bail it out fast enough. It was the wrong boat. <laughs> it was the wrong boat. You guys boarded the Titanic there, unfortunately. It was yeah. a straight shot. I don't even think we got past the iceberg. It was like straight <laughs> into the middle of it and down. Went out, left the harbor, and then just like straight underwater. Yeah, yeah the band so. didn't even have time to get their cases open. <laughs> <laughs> the The nice thing for me was that it... Uh, well, I it, I wasn't in a situation where any kicker in the league would have uh would have won it for me, but it does sting a little bit that if I had kept Mason Crosby, I would have won. Ugh. There's an old phrase. Dance with the one that brung you. Honestly, why in didn't they fire I'm- Mason Crosby after that game? That's what I want to know. Cuz he's old and they believe that it was a fluke. Well, you know, they they had enough faith in him to send him out for the long one at the end, so yeah. I guess they figured, well, he's going to hit the 53-yarder even if he misses all the short ones, so. And then he was perfect tonight. Yeah. Every other team would have fired him. You missed six out of seven attempts, including extra points? He's gone. <laughs> Get a 30-year-old who could do the same thing. Probably pay him less. I declined to pick up Latavius Murray because I wanted to give Mike Williams one more week on my roster. I was glad that I uh, dropped him this week. I didn't start him or anything. I'd just been waiting to see if my Mike Williams stash from last year was a good one. I didn't want to give up on it too quickly, but I think that uh, he is gone. Yeah, same. Mike Williams has not been doing what I need. I mean, I played Deion Lewis this week, which was a big mistake, as Tennessee showed. Uh, and Mike Williams got more points than him, but not many more. <laughs> 2.3 instead of 2.1 or something? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I Sony Michelle trade's looking pretty good. Cam Newton, Sony Michelle combined for 55 points this week. Yeah, I played against Michelle too. <laughs> Couldn't but save it- me. I went with the uh, I went with the rare two tight end play, which actually almost uh, well, it was a good it was a good play for you know the one time a season you even consider doing it. Yeah, I really wish that I could play a second tight end. And really, only you would ever consider it because of bye weeks, right? Because like generally that play is awful. Well, right. Like both of my starting wide receivers have the same bye week. I don't know. I. David Njoku and O.J. Howard are both getting weird amounts of targets. Well, see, I had I picked up Howard off of waivers, and I already had Ebron. And since Hilton and uh, Doyle are both still on the bench, Ebron may as well be a wide receiver. Yeah. True. Yeah. It might be time to try and trade to upgrade my receiving core now that my running backs are pretty well set. I, I, I'm hoping that Christian McCaffrey's down game this week is a fluke. I'm also hoping that. Because I'm pretty invested. Well, we're on to week six now, right? Yep. Hopefully we're not all losers next week. <laughs> <laughs> on to better things. Yes, indeed. <laughs>